This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. In this episode of Soundmaking, Italian flautist Manuel Zuria tells us about the recording he made of Harmonium One by James Tenney. This recording was released on Manuel's album Again and Again, which came out in 2020 on the Ants label. We warmly recommend that you check out the rest of this wonderful LP. After introducing himself and the album, Manuel speaks about the piece and how it's notated, how he made this recording, and why he is attracted to Tenny's work. My name is Manuel Zurria. I was born in Sicily and I moved to Rome in 1980 to follow my musical studies. Then I tried to live in other countries, but I always came back to the Eternal City, where I still live with my family. I'm a flute player and the focus of my activity is contemporary music. In my experience, I was very lucky to meet three composers from Sicily who were my mentors in my early age and who simply burned my curiosity to explore the experimental sound world. I'm speaking of Aldo Clementi, Francesco Pennisi, that I first met in my home city, Catania, and Salvatore Sciarrino, that I met soon after in Città di Castello, the city where he still lives around 1981 or 82. In 2005, I the easiest way to understand it was to shot a photograph of the instant and look, or better to say, listen to from the outside. It's a problem of perception, of course. Normally, when I'm part of something, I'm hardly able to codify the informations to be really objective. But why, you would say? Well, a performer like me depends on the choices that he does. I'm musically speaking what I play. Despite of that, I could be the best flute player in the world, but if the music I play is uninteresting, my mission will fail. My lab is a fantastic tool to understand my inside part from the outside. I learn to be objective to recognize my limits, to percept or not the clarity of the articulation, to like or not the emphasis of a gesture, and so on. At that time, I started a project on minimal music, which tried to involve also composers who were not generally admitted to this aesthetic, but in a wider sense they belonged to it. This project produced three different releases. In the first one, called Repeat, I collaborated with musicians such as Arvo Pert, Louis Andrissen, Laszlo Shari and Alvin Lussier, who lately become, became a fixed presence and a strong influencer in my activity. 
Uh, Repeat was a triple CD published by Deschatel, a label based in Milan. In 2011, I produced another double CD, realized by Mazagran, a Portuguese uh, label which was titled Loops Forever. In this disc, I had the chance to work not only with composers of the so-called contemporary music, but also with electronic musicians, like William Basinski, for instance, and John Duncan. And then we finally arrived to Again and Again, a double CD published by Ants Records in 2020 and produced by Gianni Antoniozzi. Here I come back to the holy monsters of the minimal music, reworking from the inside old works of the 60s with new sounds and tools. I'm speaking of words by Philip Glass, Terry Riley and Steve Reich on one side, and a list of composers from the east of Europe on the other side. These composers started from the lines signed by these American mavericks and they developed a musical aesthetic in a very original and personal way. Moreover, in this disc there are three outsiders that you would never recognize as minimalists. Kevin Volans, Howard Scampton and Jim Tenney. Jim Tenney was born in New Mexico in 1934 and died in California in 2006. He was a real innovator in the field of computer music. In the early 60s, he composed music with algorithms in the Bell Lab, one of the first electronic music studios established in USA, together with Max Matthews. His composition for Unrising dates back to this period. During the 70s, Jim Tenney moved to New York, where he had close contacts with John Cage, the Fluxus movement, and with some of the minimalists, and where he founded the Tone Roads Ensemble with Philip Corner and Malcolm Goldstein. Following the discoveries by Harry Perch, Ben Johnston, Lou Harrison, and Edzer Sims, in the 70s, Tenney approached the just intonationist compositions. Harmonium number no. one is a work which adopts this particular tuning based on the relation between the natural series of the harmonics based on one tone. Most of the intervals that come out from the ratio between these harmonics deviate some microscopic parts from the temperate tuning. The score reports the deviation in hundreds of hertz that I calculated and controlled with an electronic tuner. Tenney normally works with a flexible notation. The sequence of the sounds, in this piece at least, is left to the performer between some available. In terms of time, the episodes between the lines can have also a flexible duration, from one to three minutes for each sound. This choice was necessary to keep the sound always in motion, not static or ruled by precise orders. Harmonium number one is a piece composed by Jim Tenney in 1976. It's dedicated to Lou Harrison and the instrumentation is free. I always admire Jim Tenney for the originality of his music. I can hear it now and it could have been composed 
like yesterday, since it's fresh and unpredictable. I can't think of him without thinking of Jacinto Schelsi, one of my favorite composers, whom I had the chance to meet before he died in his house in Rome, thanks to a common friend I was working with at the time, Horatio Radulescu. Jim Tenney touches strings of my emotions. He knows how to support a deep listening. It teaches how to increase your aural perception. His idea of harmony comes directly from perception. Normally, the lowest is the musical texture, the more consonant it is. And when it jumps up to the highest streams, the harmonic series touches dissonant sounds that are unedible, but normally are part of the spectrum. This natural practice produces strong impact on the physical perception of the listener. You know, this is a perfect example to apply with my recording lab. And that's why I realized uh, this, this piece with a choir of 12 different flutes, six C flutes for the soprano part, four G flutes for the alto part, and two bass flutes for the tenor part. Each voice was prepared and uh, superimposed on a texture with pure waves prepared on my laptop. In this way, I could both listen to the soundtrack with the pure waves tuning by ear and checking the pitch in real time with an electronic tuner. At the end, I decided to keep audible also the 12 pure waves, mixing them with the flutes to give an idea of a double choir, one real and one ghost. <laughs> 